Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid, just walk with your Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I'm your host. Today is February 4th, 2014. Today we're going to have a show that's entitled uh, Women Coming Forward Who Were uh, Sexually, uh, f- Who Were Assaulted by AA Men or Any Kind of um, Predatory Behavior. Uh, we have a guest that's calling in from the middle of the country, Juliet. I'm going to bring her on in a second. Uh, I want to just plug all the blogs. If you're new to Blog Talk Radio and you know um, you don't know where to blog, Orange Papers has a forum. It has a great history. So orangepapers.org. Leaving AA, if you need help leaving or you've left, is a good site. That's one, that's one of my sites. Stinkin' Thinkin' um, is back. It's not fully back, but you can blog there and you can certainly read years and years of stories of people leaving I think my whole leaving is documented on that site. NADetona.org uh, is a really, really good news site which collects all the news data. Recovering from Recovery is another good one. Uh, and some of the other choices besides AA are Smart Recovery, Abstinence-Based, but nobody asks you about your time, Moderation.org, Ham's Harm Reduction, SOS, which is Secular Organizations for Sobriety. You can always call Jim Christopher and start your own meeting if you don't have a meeting in your area. And um, did I say Expose AA, Recovering from Recovery? And Stop 13 Step in AA is a really good site if you've been harmed or sexually preyed on and you would like to tell that story. And so with that, I am going to bring on Juliet. Hi, Juliet. Uh, Hi. Can you hear me? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I thought I must be crazy doing two shows in a row, two days in a row, but uh, you know, just had to do it and we had ours planned and um I want to talk about your Facebook page and your new blog. Can you tell our listeners about them? Um well, I borrowed it from a line in the big book of AA actually armed with facts. It was mm-hmm. two A's for arms. So mm-hmm. it can be AA or MED with facts. It's one word. It's on WordPress.com and on Facebook. Okay, so armed. And what inspired you to do that? Well, I've I've read AA literature off and on. I mean, when I got in there, in the program, I mean, I really read their material, and that's partly uh, what drove me to ask so many questions about the program to begin with. Um, I wanted to use one of their lines themselves to get especially AA members' attention that, they say things like the next right thing, or they have these facts, which I hardly ever see any facts from AA, so I just wanted to use that line. And they don't do the next right thing about a lot of things and a lot of mysterious elements for me there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you want to tell us about... So, yeah, all right, so I, I'm actually putting it in. I want to say it again. So it's A-armed? a a R M E D with facts. Ah, I found it. Um, yep. Okay, I got it. So here we are in the um, 12-step page against abuse and 
A-A-R-M-E-D with facts. Uh, alrighty, so you have 72 likes. It's brand new here. Yeah, it's A-A-R-M-E-D with a dot. I really love the look of it. So I take a look at it, go on the Facebook page and uh, see what Juliet is doing. Uh, and then your WordPress is the same thing? Yeah, same thing. I want them to be tied together for now. Okay. Hopefully it'll be changed to um, alcoholism, alternatives for recovery, or some other different thing I can make it stand for. But for now it's just going to information for people who need alternatives, information for people about the truth in AA and you know, not shutting anybody out, letting them speak up. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And definitely for people who have been hurt by other people in AA, and it could be anything from a financial hurt to um, a sexual crime. They need to speak out. Wow, this is good. Uh, it, it says here, uh, against abuse and recovery meetings, eliminate the danger. Uh, very, I think it's very young person friendly. Even though I was talking with someone else, another blogger, it looks like you have a lot of people, you know, like this. And uh, I think it's another, it's a great idea. Um, so tell me about your uh, introduction. How did you find your way to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting? Oh, I mean, the short story is, I mean, I just came out of a very abusive situation. And there was a lot of drinking involved. I was 21. This guy, uh, this was before AA, mind you, but this guy had a long list of priors that I found out a couple years later. But I'm with this guy, and he's beating me. You know, the relationship began with, like, a date rape situation. I grew up around abusive situations, so I kind of just fell into that trap. And, Mm. I mean, for a while there, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to go to AA and get this help for pretty much almost everything. It sounded like a place that was going to solve everything that ever went wrong in my entire life, Mm. including this guy that, you know, this abusive relationship involved um, him having me steal for him, for example. I mean, somebody like me who had no criminal record spending nights in jails was just unheard of you know it was scary but you know the sound like the court system was being nice to me by offering me AA and it's like okay well I'll I'll give it a shot you know for real this time because the the first thing that really got to me and was the religious part and the praying and I thought this can't be for real but you know you put that aside because first of all I was scared of you know breaking the laws of probation I was scared of not completing treatment, and I was in treatment too. So I'm doing all these things. I'm in probation, I'm in inpatient treatment, and I'm doing one or two meetings a night, a day. It was just my whole life, basically. You know, within the first 30 days of my sobriety, this guy, you know, he's um, lending me money to go somewhere, you know, at his apartment. Of course, you know, we end up having a you know, sexual encounter, and it's like, well, it's not rape, but it's definitely creepy. You know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to fit in and make friends, and maybe mm-hmm. this is just my new life. Mm-hmm. How old were you then? I'd be uh, turning 22 at that point. I was um, probably August of 2003. I'm 32 now. So this was a while ago. And then I had um, another confidant, a male confidant in AA who would, um, you know, we knew each other for about a year when I wasn't sober. And once I had about over that month sober, you know, we started dating. And then a year later, I moved in with him. And I wouldn't say that was the worst thing that happened. We have a daughter together. You know, we're separated now. But that I was running from an abusive family that I was living with. My mother was kind of abusive towards me mentally and emotionally. So my mind wasn't always perfect to begin with and I just had I knew I had to get away from her too and I just ran from man to man you know it just seemed to be a cycle I was caught up in even though I was in this healthy environment called AA nobody ever said hey that's a you know completely would stop me from doing things because they I just don't back and see them as healthy people themselves or they would have been like hey you need to get independent you need to find work you need to get on your own two feet none of that really came up in AA meetings it just doesn't come up really. Anything what's independent. Juliet, what city did this happen in? This is just west of Cleveland, so it, mainly you'd say it was like Cleveland is their central office. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
Uh, I don't think uh, I think we talked with uh, Darlene, who I interviewed in Cuyahoga Falls. Ohio is not one of the 25 states that it has been fought uh, that it's highly religious to be sent there, but it doesn't matter because it still is against your First Amendment rights to be sent there. But if a court is saying to you, or a judge, or a lawyer, or a DA, it's got to be a court, a judge that says, well, you should go to Alcoholics Anonymous instead of going to jail. It's almost like we're going to send you to, you know, a religious layperson's uh, hoopla group, you know, under a tent uh, in the middle of nowhere. You know, instead of going to jail, I'm like, wow, where's our but government they, they won't at? Come out the words that you used exactly, and that's where they get you. Um, if you don't know the law, then you and you don't know AA, then you're kind of screwed there. I, if you don't look up information either, I mean, after you're in AA, and if you do happen to look it up or you want to look it up on your own, you have to ask for an alternative in sentencing. So if your lawyer doesn't tell you that and your lawyer doesn't do that for you, then you're screwed. There's only, like, a handful of smart meetings scattered around Ohio, and I think, like, a lifering meeting or two, and you just don't have enough alternatives and they don't want to put in any effort or money into looking for alternatives for people who complain about AA. And you mm-hmm. hear the phrase AA jail a lot in the rooms and the meetings around here. You say, you hear what? AA or jail, and they'll go, AA or jail. I don't see what the problem is with that. And I'm like, the problem is an alternative means uh, Burger King or McDonald's. They're pretty much like in the same category, but just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. AA or jail separate little, you know, there's a big thing going on there. Yeah, there really is. You know, well, it is easy. I mean, I want to encourage people, SOS, maybe you could connect with Darlene. Did I I give you, I think I called you and gave you each other phone numbers because she comes into Cleveland to work in the Rape Crisis Center in downtown. And between the two of us, her being there, we're really going to, she's going to talk to some judges and to lawyers with the pamphlet that I have. But encourage somebody i mean it's hard to do but um the sos is something that you can just uh, and i'm not just talking to you i'm talking to any listener you can contact jim yeah. christopher he will send you um a binder and you can start a meeting smart recovery uh they will do tr- training i do think it costs a little bit to do the training but you can do training online now it's very good training moderation management could be started uh by contacting them and uh um, harm reduction meeting. I, I just think that uh, anything we do, and so you just did it. Like you just created a new Facebook page, and you created yeah. a blog. Since I spoke to you on the phone there, I'm sorry that we didn't get to meet. But um, if I come back again, we will. You know what I mean? If I wind up going back to uh, Cleveland for the work that I'm doing. Right. So you go to, you know, it sounds... Uh, let me ask. So you you go to meetings and you're you want to be you know hang around with people and you I mean this actually really happened to me too this kind of um, you know just not having boundaries and not understanding when you're really young. How much older was the guy that you were with this part of the story that you're telling me now? Um, the uh, 30 day guy. Uh, he would probably be about 15 years older than I was. Mm. And. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you you walk into this new life, they tell you to, they even told me to cut out all my old friends, you know, and all the old places so that I just had them. I had these main groups in a small community I was in, and those were my new friends, and they knew things that I didn't know, and take the cotton out of yours and put it in your mouth and that sort of thing. I didn't know anything. You know, they come across as, people who just know what they're talking about just because they say the same things over and over again. After a while, of course, all you hear are cliche slogans, so you kind of Mm -hmm. figure that maybe they don't know what they're talking about, but they're really good at memorizing slogans, pretty much. What I wanted to work on in AA, I couldn't work on in AA, so I would end up going... I continued therapy probably until 2010. That's seven years of therapy. That's a lot of therapy. But I would end up wasting my time in talking about AA, I wanted to work on my abuse issues. Mm-hmm. So that's when I just kind of walked away from everything and started drinking heavily again, got back into the court system, but this time I just told them, no, I'm you know, I'm not going to do AA. Mm. What um, happened? Who did you say that to? 
That was a, it's called a Rocky River Court. They handle a number of communities in Cuyahoga County. Cuyahoga County is the county Cleveland's in, and we're on the west side of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they didn't like it, and their court-ordered papers for probation literally say AA meetings with a blank line. How many AA meetings did you attend? Mm-hmm. And kind of went back and forth. I knew enough to play the game and find somebody who'd say they were my sponsor and report in until I figured out a way. And I did contact Jim Christopher. I did start an SOS meeting for probably over a year. I didn't get enough volunteers or help with that, but I had a lot of other family stuff going on that demanded my time too. I mean, I didn't even get a choice to where I dedicated my time to meetings, support groups. It's like, when do I get to get my life back together? Those take a lot of time too. You know. Wow. Wait, wait. I'm going to back up a second. So you um... – they're saying, and I know this is from other stories, but to have a human being on the phone and tell me that the courts, the judge or somebody, is asking about a sponsor, like a sponsor is somebody who has got any fucking shit together, or I mean, this this yeah, part yeah, is look- like, yeah, go ahead, talk about what they said to you. They invited um, them, the court itself to hold a court session at a high school in the area literally hold a court session and then they're talking about my meetings and told like a auditorium full of high school students that I my probation officer got up there at the podium and said you know Juliet she's struggling with her spirituality and I almost laughed because I'm like whoa these kids are probably is she talking about and how dare you come up there and say that's a part of my probation that I should get spiritual wow so and you know at the same wow. time my mom you know, she passed away in August, but she was in the middle of a very, I don't know, manic sickness with attacking me, and that's just the abusive way she would attack me. She kind of used that whole time in court in front of these high school kids to put me down the whole time, and so I'm getting put down on all over the stage, right? And that was, like, my last, like, major drunk where I ended up in a hospital. That's when I woke up and said, I'm starting an SOS meeting. I am done with the spirituality nonsense. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. put down anymore for this. And I'm going to get back up this time, and I'm going to just show them that there are other ways to do this, and I can succeed through probation and get out of it without AA. You know. And so you started you started an SOS meeting. I'm curious how it went. Did people come? We were there sitting alone. Or tell us what happened with that. Um, I mean, there are times there are only two people. We had roughly usually about six people. It's kind of a smallish community of like 18 to 22,000 people. It's not like a large city and you then you divide it by the number of alcoholics who want to go to meetings so my friends initially kept going for me and then it kind of grew a little bit mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't have time to run a meeting constantly yeah what happened was one girl who would show up regularly she ended up starting a smart meeting at a community college out here oh in Lorraine yeah oh, actually Elyria but I can I'm going to put that information up on my Facebook too I have a other page for local meetings for people out in my area, but it definitely doesn't reach a national scale. And I really want to reach more people this time. And right, right. Juliet, hold on a second, because there's a lot of there's. You know, did you go on the um, on the Blog Talk Radio site where you can see where there's live chatting when we do a show? Are you I on? Really much on it yet? No. Oh, okay, so I just want to tell people. Right. Um, so everybody, because there's a couple of bloggers that I've known for a long time, and one is Nico. Hi, Nico, and I want to say hi to Jason, who is RCT1. You might be uh, want to watch some of his videos. He's 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 really made some good, really down to earth, straightforward um, videos. But I wanted to just tell both of them. Okay, so this is Juliet. I met her really through Gabrielle Glaser. You contacted her. She sent you to you know me. Turns out you were in. Outside of Cleveland, I was close to. I was in Cleveland. I was in Cuyahoga Falls interviewing Darlene. But she has started um, two things. One is a blog, and it's called Armed with Facts. A A R M E D with Facts is the is the her blog, and then um, it's called Against Abuse in Recovery Meetings. Eliminate the danger. And then her Facebook page is named the same thing, but it's called 12-Step Page Against Abuse and Armed with Facts. It's really great. I encourage everybody, there's there's a ton of us, to join. And maybe you join some of ours, you know, like um, Orange Papers has a closed group. 
Okay. Um, and, and so I just wanted to get that in and wait, let them go back to you telling the story. But I just wanted to kind of let the bloggers, just in case they log out, sometimes people don't stay uh, the whole time. Okay, so they're asking, though, you know, what, what happened? And I just was, you know, I told them in the chat room that you, yes, you were forced to go to meetings. And then, um, all right, so now you're telling us about someone else started a SMART in a community college. Tell us about that. Um, there's a SMART meeting, and I believe it's 5 p.m. Monday, so it just started in December at Lorain County Community College. It's, uh, well, Lorain County is right next door west of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. to put it in perspective, it's right down the highway for a lot of people who are able to make an extra 20-minute trip to that college. There's another SMART meeting. If you go south of Cleveland, I believe there is a SMART meeting in Mentor, Ohio. Oh, and good. a number of others don't have the information in front of me, but it's up there mm -hmm. on the SMART website. Mm -hmm. um, i got to check in with her, too, and um, see how that meeting's going. I won't go there because I had another kind of like predator type situation for my SOS meeting, which just goes to show, I mean, these are the same kind of sick people in any group, but SOS, you know, SMART, they're different. There's different policies. You, know, you can look up information on how to handle it. AA right. really lacks it. And there's no hotline to call, and you can't really get much support from AA. And if it gets to a point where criminal behavior is occurring, somebody gets raped or something, and AA is not validating what happened, it's a he said, she said situation. Right. And, and then there's a lack of reporting, just like it is in the general world. There's a lack of report of rape and a, lot, a lack of prosecution. Why would it be any different in AA? And most of all, That's even worse, though, you know, Juliet. I, I mean, I agree. There, there is a percentage-wise, it's pretty bad. But it's also really bad in AA because of, you know, the, well, wh who you hear here and what you hear here. Let it stay here or here or here. They chant like, you know, with the little cold phrases. People who are new are confused about what that means. That should never be chanted like that. I mean, that was originally when movie stars started coming to meetings and they wanted to give them respect and who you see. That, that's ridiculous and it shouldn't, should be stopped and they should stop saying it because it makes people fear that they can't say if some, somebody's, you know, uh, even, you know, flirted with somebody's not flirting, but somebody's, you know, sexually harassing you or you've been assaulted or you've been 13-stepped. Um... So go, let's go on and tell me more of the story, like how this evolves for you. So you get, where we're at right now is you're getting told to go, they're asking about your sponsor, and you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. So how did that turn out for you? Well, I tried to be gentler than just saying, no, I'm not going to do anything because I could get in trouble. So what I said was I, I'm starting this meeting, and we kind of went to a compromise where I do that meeting, and I said I would go to two AA meetings, that's three meetings a week. I just stopped going slowly to the AA meeting and mm -hmm. only showed up at the one SOS meeting until time ran out and I'd be off probation and kept my fingers crossed mostly. I had no attorney on my side to back me up or any power over the situation. But I did know if worse came to worse, I would go in front of the judge and say, AA is a religion to me. You know, this is what I feel, this is what I know. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's facts and there's feelings, but my facts guarantee you that if I just read the 12 steps in front of my judge out loud in front of other people and to have him say, no, you have to go, that that would have made some noise, but it didn't get to that point. So hmm. you know, I probably was the greatest thing I ever kind of Yeah, no, no, tell work. me. It, it is. I mean, I love to hear this. A lot of people are afraid to do that. So go ahead. It's the bravest thing you've ever did. You felt good about that, right? Oh, very, very good. I mean, it just, when it was over, I, I kind of like high-fived my boyfriend in a way, like I did it, and I did it without AA, and they let me go, and they didn't get me in trouble. I'm like, if I can do it, other people can do it, instead of going, uh, I'll go to AA, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people do that in AA who are court-ordered, who don't want to be there, and they're bored, right. and they're using other entertainment purposes and you know people who are bored what do they do if they can't drink you know and they start hitting on other people or whatever I mean it becomes a joke at some point mm -hmm. you know in AA began, it was more like for people who wanted to be there and liked what they had to offer and it stayed in that you know if it was if it stayed like that that would be fine but now it's become something it should never have been it should never be used by courts or treatment centers you know treatment centers should be Medical facilities, not facilities designed to put people into AA, and but that to me starts with 
how do you, drug counselors exist? What, how do they get certified? What are the schools teaching them? I mean, all that stuff in college textbooks needs to be updated and changed too. They can't just keep sending these students in college to AA meetings where, and I thought about this, I've seen college students in AA meetings, they're not allowed to talk to AA members. All they can do is write about what they hear there, but they can't interview anybody. They're anonymous. So even the students' papers about AA are full of pro-AA nonsense because they don't hear anybody in AA meeting talk about anything bad that happened there. And they mm. can't talk to them against the AA. Yeah, I want to stop that too. I, I mean, is this a high school? you seen high school students going? A college student, and only I only knew um, mm. because she did announce herself at an open meeting that she, I mean, actually I think it was a closed meeting, but they let her stay, mm. that she was a student and she was just there to shadow it for her class. I mean, I would never have even thought that they did that unless she walked into the room, and that was about um, as far back as 2005 or six. So, I mean, I you got to think that's what's been going on for I don't know how many decades. But we have a drug counselor. You know, they either are or aren't AA members, but they do have to take classes. So what are they learning in these classes that makes them so pro AA? Maybe yeah. to a point where. If you're a doctor, you might be held liable for not suggesting AA. Everything's too connected. It's kind of nauseating. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you're really hitting on a point where I'm going to have a man on next week who's a doctor who has okay. really gone down this um, down this road of uh, you know being forced and how much uh, they've gotten entrenched. And here's one that I've been looking up is the ASAM. So it's the American Society of Addiction Medicine. Um, looks like pretty much, uh, you know, I'm doing my research and I'll report back. But um, the history of it, the history, I'm, I want to find the links to all the history of AA, how it got from the um, National Council on Alcoholism, which was the original Marty Mann storefront for promoting AA. And she went to Rotary Clubs and she did all this other stuff. But... Um, so we just put on a point, which, which was doctors have been brainwashed. Doctors just say, well, you know, if you need to stop drinking, just go to AA. So then, I mean, I had a doctor over my house because he's a neighbor and a friend, and he's a really cool guy. And I said, well, you know, what have you learned? Or, you know, and he said, yeah, you know, we were just taught, you know, yeah, you know, it just it's a disease, and you just send to AA. And I go, wait a second, and we're not, this is not even an argumentative way. I said, okay, Doug, you know, you're a doctor. If it's a disease then why aren't they coming to you as a doctor to be healed? Why are they going to a religious layperson's cultish group? And he said, well, because we don't know that it's that. We thought it was like like other just sober people support group. They they didn't know what it is. They don't know what it is. And so I'm like, see, like, you know, that, that part's crazy. So we got they've gotten to the doctors. They've gotten to the lawyers. They've gotten to the judges. They've gotten into our schools, right? Um, they've gotten into our prisons. I'm, I'm actually writing this down as I'm saying it. They've gotten into the parole officers, the parade probation officers, the DAs are the ones who recommend AA, the district attorneys, I'm finding out. I mean, this is a long list. Have I left anybody out? The military, I heard the military knows that AA sucks and it doesn't work. And um, they are bringing in uh, real help. They're looking at smart cognitive behavioral therapy. I heard from a prison guy who I called up uh, a prison out here just to ask this question. He said, oh, no, 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 we don't use AA here anymore. We know it doesn't work. And I was like, really? I, I, yeah. I, I would come to imagine that more and more people are realizing there can't be this many pure alcoholics out there, that there are underlying reasons or you can't right. call alcoholism the primary disease anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, right, right. Condition. And that's something you'd have to rule out. And then you have to look at, um, simply put, their behavioral things. I mean, asthma, you have asthma. You know, you don't go to meetings for it and you have an inhaler. My boyfriend has that, okay? Uh, alcoholism, it, it's not the same thing. You have to go to a store and buy it, you know? Right. My boyfriend doesn't go to the store. I have asthma. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he doesn't go to a doctor. He 
has asthma because only a doctor who has asthma can understand his asthma. I mean, all of that is... I I think that's quotable. I think that's movie-friendly, what you just said. (laughs) I think that's going in the film. You know know what's so funny is as each person, like I talk, you know, we're talking now, and I'll talk to different people, and they'll say things like you just said. Well, look, you know, it's not like alcoholism, and I don't even like to use that word, but we'll use it right now just because you said it. We'll say, you know, alcohol dependency is not like that. You have to go down the street to buy the alcohol to ingest it. You don't go down the street to buy your asthma. That is so fucking great. And somebody else just... Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. yourself an alcoholic if you're sober? Like, an alcoholic drink has alcohol in it, and non-alcoholic drinks does not. So wouldn't we be non-alcoholics now or something like that, you know? And right. AA is really at word games and twisted right. words. I mean, probably will blog about that, too, with their... Uh, they say secrets keep you sick, and then they keep a whole bunch of secrets. We have to be anonymous. So, I mean, you can be like, well, is it this or is it that? You know, which right. way is it, AA? Mm-hmm. And uh, is it up or is it down? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm going to these meetings lately. I went to a couple in Colorado, and I was you know, really happy to see how much AA shrunk. This one meeting uh, went from 100, you know, and some people, you know, it was packed when she was there a year ago, and there were 15 men in a mixed meeting on a Friday night, and it was like we were like, whoa. Uh, and then I've gone. To, I went to a meeting last week with um, somebody in my film uh, who's working with me. And the big meeting, there were 40 people. And it also, it was a meeting that was like packed to the gills, 120 people at 10 o'clock at night in West Hollywood. And uh, I was like, whoa, where is everybody? Well, where is everybody? Is that people walk in, they look around, they go, ooh, ooh, that's kind of weird. And someone says, well, just go to a better meeting. Keep going. But what's happening is that a lot of great people have left. And so you go and you go to a SCSI meeting. Now you go on the Internet, and there's blog after blog that if you put it into Google, you're going to find out the truth about AA. But, see, that comes back into all these people that AA have let in, and you can't say AA, you know. Well, they could have let them. You know, could, they could have put the walls up years ago and said we won't have sex offenders, you won't have people from the courts in our rooms, but they let anybody in to get their numbers up, you know, and this is what you're going to end up with, is they're killing themselves from the inside out anyway by letting anybody, anybody in without any regard for safety, and people catch on to that who aren't dumb or indoctrinated or brainwashed, and they're not going to stick around anymore, and another thing that really seems kind of funny is that everybody in AA has the same story. If you think about the AA lead, you know what those are, mm-hmm. the speech they give at a oh, meeting. Oh, yeah, of course. It, yeah, yeah. They, they might have a different childhood, but it all ends the same way. And then they found AA, and they, perhaps they found God, and everything got better. It's like, I don't need to go to this meeting to hear the same thing over and over and over and over again. I mean, it just bores me there's no like comedy or musical going on there's no entertainment value plus if you're going there for a support group i mean why would you need a lifelong support group if somebody close to you and your family died and you went to a grief counseling support group would you expect to be in grief counseling for 50 years i don't think so no yeah i don't think uh you know he meant it to be this way somebody's asking nico's asking about what happened with uh Philip uh, Hoffman. Um, well, you know, I think only his close friends, you know, know why he got high after 20-something years abstinent. I think that if you want to take a look at I posted it on my Facebook about, uh, Stanton Peel just wrote a really great piece about, you know, taught powerlessness. Here's the thing that I think happens. Unlike some of my other friends who are still uh, in AA in Hawaii, I'll use most of them as the example. There are some people I, I know here like this. At about three or four years, I looked around the room, and I looked around. I was in Hawaii, and there were plenty of nice people. There were some creepy, but there were more nice than creepy in the 70s. And uh, my life was starting to, you know, normalize, and I had a job full-time. I had my little studio place, and, and I started to feel really healed. I felt, like, fine. And then there were some other issues that I had, and I had already worked the steps through and through and through and through, and, like, a number of times, like, perfectly. As perfect as, you know, one could do, I think, and still had, you know, anyway, 
um, basically what happened at that point is rehab started to get paid pay for big time. There must there was some kind of bill that got passed in that, I want to say 1978, 79, and I think 1980. But and then what happened is that these, um, um, uh, what was it? Oh, oh yeah, so they took the 12 and 12, and they started to dissect it and have these whole meetings where they were going to make the book something other than it wasn't. And they inv- I was like, oh, what are you doing? And I said, oh, we're having step studies. And I was like, oh. And I said, no, I've already gone through the book many times. And they're like, no, no, this is different. This is like really digging. To- and I was like, whoa. Like they were trying to make, that's when they, actually I learned that there's a, there's a saying in rehab where they called it, it's AA treatment, where they've taken their literature and they book and they, and they you know, needed to make something that they could charge people in these groups. And I looked at them and said, uh, in rehab. No, I'm. Uh, I, I already did that, and like uh, that's total bullshit. And I didn't say it to them like that, but I knew it. And I began to really search and read other books at the time, and I began to search spiritually and do like you know serious affirmations and listen to tapes, um, everything but read their fucking book over again and try to make it something that it wasn't. So there's people who that just did that. Now if if. Philip, with all of his money and success, never went and had real therapy and always believed, like, some of that shit, then you're, you're doomed. Like, you're just so fucking doomed for... I didn't believe, like, you know, there was stuff, though, Juliet, that I, like, to later, that I was broken and that I was different and that, you know, we had not, like, a disease, but that there was something in us that was just a little different. I didn't like that. I don't like that. Yeah, no, I mean, everybody in a just tells you deep down at your core, I mean, you're just a morally irrehensible, whatever the word is, person. You're just a horrible person deep down, even though right after they tell you it's a disease, it's not a moral problem. Again, you know, which way is it? I mean, how can you have a moral inventory if it's a real disease? And furthermore, it's insulting to people who do have a, you know, who've grown up in church. I grew up in a church, I and mean, I don't do that anymore, but who believe in God to think that God has some kind of... um favoritism towards addiction people. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, boy. Some really crazy things about, you know, people saying, you know, God, you know, we're the chosen people. And it's like, what are you talking about? And how offensive is that? I mean, there are children with cancer out there. They're not the chosen people. It's that drunk who had, you know, five DUIs. They're God's chosen person. Mm -hmm. You know, that's sick. And... I don't know where they get these ideas from, and I, you know, right from the get-go, if you go to a program that says these steps are suggestions, they're not rules, but then right. you have people tell you, put them anywhere, anyway, or you'll die, walk out. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. But the thing that we, the, one of the things that I did in the research for the film is collect all the musts that are in the first 164 pages of the big book. Now, I, I didn't even do the 12 and 12. I mean, I don't even need to do the 12 and 12 because there's so many musts in the, in the first 164 pages, and those musts, the wordings that are surrounding the musts, make them look so fucking crazy that I won't even need to say anything. I'll just put the words up on the screen, and you could see it. Oh, no. I mean, I think there – I don't know if you found a website where it does – you can look up any word in the big book, and it'll tell you exactly how many there are in there of each word. Uh, there's a lot of people looking into this, and that's a great thing, but I think it's time to, you know, there should be like one kind of, I don't know, unity with all these people who are looking everything up and doing blogs and doing all of this. If we're all united with like the singular mission and at least making AA safe or at least getting these college courses to change how they're teaching people who deal with addicts and alcoholics, then... You know, that would change the whole treatment industry and how people are not going to be funneled into AA anymore. They'll have options. I mean, I think 95% or so is the rough number of treatment centers that are 12-step treatment centers. That's a lot of people who are just being sent to AA. I mean, not all of them will stick around, but that's all they're learning. Right. Well, that's what we want to stop. I mean, if you stop core coercion and rehab, if the rehabs get exposed and, and Blue Cross and Blue Shield won't pay $1,000 a day, for a bullshit rehab that will take you to a place where you can get murdered like Carla Brada did, 
um, then their their whole system will shrink. Like AA's numbers, like there, there's no way they're 1.4 million in the United States and Canada anymore. I know too many people who've left. I've gone to too many big meetings that have shrunk in my city, in in Colorado, and in Ohio. So, uh, you know, I think that if you, you know, I agree with you, though. I mean, I started, I had this thing that my idea was called um, All Recovered Through Empowerment or some kind of coalition for alternatives to, I forget what the first thing was, like considering of a coalition of all of the other programs, right, and everything that you're talking about. And so I've actually reached out to Dr. Jaffe and, and Dr. Kern at the alternatives in um, Los Angeles, where they really focus on moderation. And uh, who else did I invite? Um, Claudia Christian, who's making a film about naltrexone, and having a luncheon where we then say, look, AA has done this. They had such strategy, Juliet. I mean, they had Marty Mann. She was a marketing PR genius in the upper echelon of society in in the United States in the late 1930s, 40s, whenever she came around. And she systematically used what she knew with PR, and she hooked them up, and they did it from the top down. And we, I believe it. I believe that infighting on orange papers is a waste of time, and it's actually really counterproductive to moving forward, and that if everybody does like what you're doing, like you could just start doing it in your colleges. I have literature that I'm going to write now, and maybe you could help with the cover of this pamphlet that's going to be saying to the professionals. Yeah, you have to go straight to professionals. I mean, I'll go as right. far as to contact the White House if I have to. They have mutual aid groups on their anti-drug campaign, whatever page they have, and the only ones they have on there are the anonymous groups. Really? And for our president, mention the Violence Against Women Act, or I think that passed in the law or whatever uh, you want to call it, you know, this can go a lot further or higher up if people wanted to focus on that. We already have the Internet and the blogs, and we can speak out as often as we want, and that is great, and that's a lot healthier than it used to be. And we shouldn't quit doing that. But putting things into action, you make you making that documentary is action, you know. And if there are more people who can be actively contacting people, and maybe nothing happens, maybe something does, but... I am trying to reach out to anti-abuse sites because abuse happens anywhere. Right. And it doesn't matter if it happens in home or school or church or AA. And those people could be helpful, perhaps. And the people who are looking at um, the laws, different activist groups, they might be interested in it, too. And not just keeping it within the recovery industry, just trying to get more people aware. Yeah, I I really saw this for the first time. I mean, Anti Denial, um, who has her uh, her website, we've talked about this for years, and she kind of has always seen this. Where we we haven't made a lot of headway here, but I saw a thing called Private Violence at Sundance, and I met the filmmakers and uh, the DP, and I met the woman who's the activist kid, and they are the National Organization Against Violence Against Women, and it was in seeing this film that I dawned on me that sometimes when I speak to people about what my film is about, it's just be that it's about violence against women in Alcoholics Anonymous and men too and financial, but not just about I'm exposing sexual and financially predatory behavior. It's violence against women, sexual. And, it, and she was, in the film that I watched, what happened to Carla was much worse. She was murdered. Like, this girl survives. This woman survives, and she goes to court, and she gets this guy put into jail. And, you know, it was really powerful. So I talked to them about it. I got their names and numbers. And we are linking the dots. Exactly what you're saying, Juliet, I agree with you, that we, you know, uh, we have written letters to President Obama, Michelle Obama, Biden, and Jill Biden, and we wrote letters to Governor Brown about what's going on in Alcohol. So we have laid that groundwork, like, for you or anyone else. I have a, um, uh, what do you call it, a petition online that you know, I can send you the link. It's on. It's a you know, stop sending violent criminals to Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, there needs to be more done than that. But we can talk. And I encourage anyone who's out there listening today um, on the Blog Talk Radio here that I'm talking with Juliet, and she is from Ohio. She has started a blog that's A A R M E D, armed with facts against abuse in recovery meetings and eliminate danger, and it sounds like Juliet wants to take a lot of action. There's a really good thing that you put here 
Uh, it says right here, dangers in Utopia. Alcoholics Anonymous recruits sex offenders. And then it says, A, make some lofty promises like look no further for Utopia and you will be rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence as well as having found a solution for your drinking problem. But AA won't tell you the person sitting next to you might be an ex-convict who did time for a non-alcoholic crime like rape or child molestation. Did you know that AA recruits inmates through corrections literature too? And then, you know, Juliet just puts like the proof. She said, first off, if you don't believe me that AA recruits prison inmates and teens alike, here's the photographic proof. So she sticks the AA in prison, inmate to inmate. Then she says, oh, you're too young. And then another pamphlet. A really, really good job you're doing here. Thank you. And, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm started, and a lot of it is just coming back out to the forefront in my mind. And, I mean, because of reaching out to um, Gabrielle and then I'm getting in contact with you, or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. And I'm thankful to see that people are still doing something about it because I've all but given up and put it away and put it aside. And now I'm like, you know, I, I really can't give this up. You know, I see the Carlos story, and I'm thinking this is just going to continue and continue. And I'm hearing the same things. Like, it's on my Facebook wall um, for that page where another guy in the room, you know, is saying the same things I hear everywhere. It's an outside issue. And, he'll, and he even or she wrote that, I, don't, I know that you might think because it's happening inside a meeting that it's not, you know, an outside issue. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. It's happening in the meeting. It's an inside right. issue. I mean, there's... Yeah. Oh, this happened, you heard, oh yeah, this is, is this from the Facebook thing that you sent me, like when I was traveling, like you you showed me what, I couldn't, is that still up on your page? Private page, my, my public profile page, whatever you want to call it, I mean it's on Facebook, anybody can find me probably, but um, no, the blog and the Facebook page for that, the, this other person for a different page, you know, an AA page was just saying the same stuff over and over again. Now, how did somebody on my wall you know, who I know in real life and somebody I don't know in real life say the same thing about outside issues or keeping them separated, you know, the men and the women. I mean, just the same things. Like, who's training them to talk about people who complain about people hitting on me or, you know, they took me out and raped me last night. Well, just forgive them. They're sick people. Who talks like that in real life? I don't Nobody. Hear people from well, you know, I'll tell you who does. You know who does is the Catholic Church. Um, when when Maya Maxacopa was made, in the end of the film, those deaf, deaf men who were molested as children, which is like to me, you know, they took children that couldn't even speak. So that happened in the Catholic Church. When, when they come... Um, and they are confronting that priest that molested them, that stupid woman who worked in the place where they were, she knew what was going on as a housekeeper, said to them, oh, forgive him, you know you're supposed to forgive him, that's the Catholic way. And you know what, I mean, uh, I don't think that the Pope today, you know, thinks that, but nobody else, okay, let's talk about this, nobody else except in, you know, that kind of crazy circumstances talks that way. But you have to be armed with the, it's like the wording, you know, it's almost, maybe it's the reason why I'm going to these meetings because I'm deciding how I'm going to stand up and say what I'm going to say, what I'm going to stand up and say. I'm actually pulling people aside that I can tell are not happy there and I'm talking to them and I'm handing out literature that they can't be forced there when I see somebody court-ordered and getting their paper signed. But when someone says it's an outside issue, we have to quickly say, no, it's not. A woman's boob is grabbed in a meeting. You cannot sexually harass me in a meeting, it's against my rights to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is against my civil rights if you fucking sexually harass me in a meeting, if you slit a man's throat in a meeting, if a child was a toddler molested in a meeting. These are quotes from the headlines. And so the more that we're armed with information that we can snap back with an answer fast for them, no, it's not. If I've met you here and you walk me outside, and you fucking 13-step me, it's not an issue. And people's voices have to get louder and clearer and very succinct and just shut them the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. And stop being scared to speak up. You know, they're, they use manipulative ways to shut you up completely, telling you that, um, you know, these are outside issues is 
a really huge deal to them that everything's an outside issue, and that shuts so many people up, you know, because you can't bring in outside issues to AA. I'm pretty sure what they meant by outside issues was they didn't want to tell people who to vote for for president, you right. know, or... Oh, yeah, they meant about talking about politics. Yeah, they didn't mean that, you know, you couldn't talk about your wife. There's a whole chapter called Two Wives. They didn't mean you couldn't talk about your job. You can talk about your job, your wife, you know, the dog barking outside that drives you crazy at night, might make you go and drink. You know, I've heard people say stupid things like that, you know. Oh, my car wouldn't start this morning, so I, I wanted to go and drink. But, you know, if you're sexually assaulted, you shouldn't really bring that up. That would not be a sobriety-threatening issue. That wouldn't pertain to your alcoholism. Give me a break. You know, they don't even, I don't even think they understand because maybe it is brainwashing at that point if they can't even see how that could be a problem or that AA has any fault in it. If you took the AA program itself and pretended it was a person and walked it through the 12 steps, it would totally fail. It doesn't, AA doesn't make amends to anybody. AA doesn't have any character defects to admit. That's a pretty ironic way to look at it, but that's exactly what I see. You know, AA is the arrogant person in the big book. AA has like one ego. Of the, right. One of the things yeah. that I, when, when you hear people say, you know, I owe it my life to AA, it's like, who are they talking about? Like, what are they talking about? Like, what is AA? Like, in a normal cult, you have the leader who's still alive. I mean, at least in the Catholic Church, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus is Jesus. But, like, in AA, when they say that, and as I for years I'd raise my hand and I'd say, you know, I'm not here. You know, I'm here because of all the other work I did. I'm here for the therapy that I did 20 years ago, for the rage work that I did, for all of the other shit, all the other books. That's who made Monica. Monica, not this fucking big book. I mean, I used to talk like that when I was in AA. You know, so one yeah. of the things that I did get to do that felt really satisfying, and I encourage anybody to go out and go to a, go to some meeting, go bring somebody who's on your side. Don't go alone and do this because it's not fun to do it alone. And the guy said, you know, I really want you to be honest. You know, we all talk to talk, but, you know, he was actually a cool guy. And he said, um, like, you know, who's really doing, uh, you know, service work? And who's really doing 12-step work? And, you know, where do, where do we go uh, off the path? Whatever he said. And, you know, the whole room, they just shared it. It was like almost the end of the meeting. And I said, you know what? I said, I've seen people who go overboard with that. And I said, you know what? They have... Their, their lives are completely unbalanced. I said, Bill Wilson never had children. He didn't have a clue what it was like for parents who have children, that they should not go to a meeting over being at home with their kids. That, you know, and I totally, like, I did not say what everybody else was fucking saying. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not doing enough step work or service work. No, 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 I didn't say it. And you know what? Um... It felt really good, and I talked to a newcomer girl who was very pretty in 19, and I said, you know, are you sexually harassed here? And, you know, do you feel safe? And she said, no, I don't feel safe. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, hi. You're, 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 I'm catching a lot of noise, but we're just, are you on a cell phone? Yeah, I'm on a cell phone. Just trying to make sure I... You're really clear now. It got really loud there for a minute. So we have about six minutes. I want you to just talk about... Talk about you know where you're at now and um, and how you got there. Well, right now, I'm a little bit distracted. I was going to try to find that quote from the um, armed with facts part, but um, I'll put that up somewhere on my blog or whatever. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> um, I. No, I mean, I, I mean, you're, I think you've talked about it now. Like, okay, so maybe a call to action. Like, okay, you started these two things. You started a blog. You started a Facebook page. There's a lot of people that listen. I have over 131,000 downloads and listens. I just want to say this. These are all free. You can find them on iTunes. You can download them to your phone and listen later. You can download them to your um, computers. Share them everywhere, the blog talk radio. So I feel like you're calling to action. And I see that you – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, um – what I would like to say is, and I think more people who are my friends in real life or on Facebook, too, is that personal action. Don't be afraid to say something negative about AA. You know, you you will get retaliated here and there. I have people who say, just because, you know, well, I don't have a problem. I never had a problem with that in my group. Well, so what? It's not happening there. But if it did, if there's a problem or you know of a problem, just speak up openly about it. And then if you want to take further action, you can take further action. But having more people talk about it or know that there's other people out there, 
that itself could blow that whole thing wide open. I mean, you got me talking, and I wasn't talking about like uh, a month ago or so, and now I am. I mean, that's one more person that, you know, has been reached. And Woo-hoo! I just want to keep seeing that. Okay, so with that, I mean, I'm excited about that because I I kind of felt that that's what happened. So you just gave me an idea. If all of us begin to call the national organization um, that is, let me me see where it is, um, against uh, hotline against violence against women. If everybody starts who who gets into trouble, forget about calling. Uh, I I think people should call and write letters to AA. But I think they should, we, we somehow, I'm trying to find it now, the national, um, I'm trying to type with one hand. Can somebody with two hands look up the national organization, <laughs> Violence Against Women, what's it called? Um, uh, no, I, I think, I, I know I found some link yesterday or something, but we, we can get that worked on and maybe even make it like a holiday, a national holiday where everybody just calls at the same time, same day. <laughs> Well, I think um, it's called um, a, a Million Women Standing, and it's on actually happens on Valentine's Day because they showed a short, right? It's on Valentine's Day, uh, which is on a Friday this year. So let's do that. We're coming to the end of the show. We have four minutes left. Um, we're talking to Juliet coming to us from Ohio, and um, you know she's really we have um, RCT one um, recovery. What does it stand for again, Jason? Um, Recovery, let's see, Nico wrote, can AA be forced to have some kind of safeguarding thing put in place in this day and age of health and safety? So the answer, Nico, is yes. And I want to just say this, Alcoholics Anonymous is going is gonna to get sued. And so we know that there was a lawsuit that was filed when Carla Brada was murdered. It took them a year to find a lawyer. So that whole thing is going to move forward, and they're going to get sued, and they're going to force them to create safety policies, procedures, and warnings. Um, I want to create a law that with the help of you know, lawmakers that no sex offender or violent offender will ever be court-ordered to Alcoholics Anonymous and that no one under 18 is allowed and that if they want to create a youth AA, they need to do it like Smart Recovery did and they need to have background checks and they need to have you know, all of it. Like, that's, that's my big goal from the film you know, yeah, I don't like AA. I want things to change. I think it's you know ridiculous book. I think the belief system is all bullshit and everything else. But the focus is to do just what Nico is asking me: is that the two petitions, and I see Juliet that you put one of them on your site, which is Force Alcoholics Anonymous to you know do what? Um, let me see where you. I forget what it is. I have so many tabs open on my computer right. <laughs> Well, I'll be sending you more links so you'll enjoy that. But, um, yeah, All right. definitely. Go ahead. No, um, I lost my train of thought, but, yeah, the Valentine's Day thing. That's what my interest is. All right, so right we'll now. focus on, we're going to do, do the something on Valentine's Day, but I'm going to send you the link. I put the link up on the um, in the chat room about private violence. That's the film that I saw. And I went, um... After I will get the link, I'll put it up on the, my leaving AA site and stop 13 Step. And I think if we all start to make, we'll bring it around to it's violence against women, but it, and there's violence against men too. It's pretty bad in the gay. Community. I mean, um, it's pro- yeah. protecting everybody. And yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? It's a bad idea. No, it's a great yeah. idea. So why would you throw me out of a meeting with safety pamphlets? You know, like that's how fucked up they were. Like that's so yeah. crazy. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm going back and I'm gonna go and you know, with a raise a little hell and um, you know in a peaceful way. But we're gonna we're gonna document what I did three three years ago and the how the asshole way that they addressed me. I wanna I wanna thank you, Juliet, for being on the show. I, I think you're a great addition to the crew. All of us who've been working really hard, and um, you know we'll stay in touch. And everybody, go on to her site. And uh, A A R M E D, armed, and uh, armed with facts against abuse in recovery meetings eliminate the danger. That's A A R M E D. That's A A R M E D. She's got a Facebook page and a blog talk. Uh, <laughs> a blog talk radio. You have a blog 
And uh, we will see you all next week. I'm going to be here with a doctor talking about how AA has infiltrated um, the world of medicine and doctors. So uh, I want to thank you again so much, Juliet. Yes? Thank you, Monica. All right. You're welcome. We'll see you all. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. And for safe recovery, good night.